Words are about to be spoken here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, presented to you exclusively by Podcast Heat and AdFreeShows.com. I, of course, am John Alba, joined, as I am every single week, by the broken one, the woken one, the spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy. What's going on, brother? You're you're just, just, just north of the border today. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I had uh, a little bit of the hotel breakfast uh, breakfast buffet this morning, and nothing says you're by Mexico more than having refried beans on the uh, the bre- breakfast buffet. Interesting. Okay. Are you a fan of the hotel breakfast buffet? Uh, sometimes, uh, especially if there's a little something I can eat there that is like decent for me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm I'm not, I'm not like a picky eater anyway, so I so I I don't mind if I can get a little meal there and it's okay. Well, I saw you got your beloved pick and pig back this oh my weekend. God. How was that? Uh, outstanding. Uh, it was it's truly a godsend. I mean, it's so crazy. I mean, like probably 15, 16 months ago, it was like a freak accident. It, it burned down, and it, that's a place that has been, you know, around since my childhood, since my high school days. It, it originally was in Southern Pines, and the family that owned it they they moved back closer to where they live and now it's in Carthage, North Carolina, which is still in central North Carolina. But like, it's just it literally since I've been a child, it has been up and running, you know, the, the pick and pig. So it, it's cool. They have like some seasoned chicken that Rebby likes a lot. And she, she always liked like the, the, the vibe and, 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 and kind of the feel of the place, how it was very, very old school. She was almost a little disappointed. It was like so new and, and rebuilt and renovated. Now you could tell it was like new and looked very new and fresh and clean. Uh, but that was, that was very cool. The, the way they cook is like, I know you're a big steak guy, you're a big meat guy, but you can tell when something has been cooked like on a fire and it has like the scent of the wood that has been used. Yeah, when that that smoke, that's how their barbecue is. It's the most amazing. They use the best cuts and they they like, uh, they cook it and it's flavored with that smoke and that hickory smell of the wood. Oh my God, it's just, it's mouthwatering. That's what barbecue should be, man. All about that smoke flavor. Just infuse that shit in there. That's good. What'd you get? Pulled pork? Yeah, I got pulled pork. Coleslaw and a little Brunswick stew. It was great. Oh, right, that's go. right. You are a Brunswick stew guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And they 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 put a little pork in the Brunswick stew too. It's uh it's quite tasty. That's a very southern thing, Brunswick stew. Very so, much so. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, even 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 coleslaw. Uh, Rebby calls co- uh, coleslaw a uh, redneck lettuce. So she'll say that. She, Look, I don't want this redneck lettuce. Do you want to? He's like, yeah, I like it. <laughs> what is redneck lettuce? <laughs> that's unsurprisingly on brand uh from ruby hardy i I can appreciate that yeah man i for my 30th a bunch of my friends like nine of them went in on these three olive a5 wagyu's for me which was just the coolest gift ever each uh, so there were three of them i cooked the first one for super bowl sunday and uh, it would have retailed in a restaurant around $250 for this one small little steak. And I've never been so nervous to cook something in my entire life. I was just like, I, I didn't take my eyes off of it, but it was unfrickin' believable. I got two more, Matt Hardy. Maybe I'll have to save one for the next time you and I are together. Very good. All right. That's so yeah, cool. You're going to have to get a medium rare, though. So, what, what a great cut of meat that is. Oh. Dude, it is the best of the best. Just like this podcast, The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy is the best of the best. Make sure you're subscribed. ExtremeHardy.com and leaving that five single, five single, five star review. We're going to be doing a giveaway soon. And also, Matt, you and I are very proud to share with everyone that if you're a subscriber to AdFreeShows.com, you'll be getting even more Extreme Life of Matt Hardy content coming up soon. Is that true? 
Yes, sir. Uh, si, senor. Uh, they have signed us up and we are going to be bringing extra content to all the top guys and the top gals and, and very excited about it. We are officially at Free Show Partners now, if I'm not yes. mistaken. So in, in, thank, thank you guys all for supporting us and, and helping us grow this po podcast. We, uh, yes. We're working. 100% in full. Uh, what do you think of the Super Bowl? Uh, we, we we nailed our picks. They should have listened. We did. We did. Yeah. We listened. They can stay mad. People can stay mad. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a. I thought it was a really good game. Yeah, I, I did too. I thought it was a great game. And uh, while Rihanna doing the Super Bowl halftime show while pregnant, that was yeah. definitely a, a little swerve there. I like yeah. that. Uh, you have a good Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we did Valentine's Day a, a day earlier. As I said earlier, I am in Laredo, Texas. So this was a pretty challenging travel day. There were some people that had to fly three different flights to get here. So I ended up taking connection. It's just a very challenging airport. There's, it's very small. There's only one baggage claim here. I remember that from my days of coming here and doing typically WWE house shows. But like, uh, it, it was a challenging day. So I had to leave early. I was like out of my house about, uh, about one thirty that day. So, uh, we did Valentine's Day on Monday night, so we just pretend that was Valentine's Day. So sometimes when you're a professional wrestler and you have this insane, crazy schedule, and when you're doing TV, you have to be there. You can't really take those off if, if you're set to do something. So sometimes I switch ho holidays up a little bit. We do it a day before, mm -hmm. a day after, whatever it may be. But, but yeah, we made it work, and we had a nice little time. I liked that gothic baby's heart that Rebby made was black. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 balloon deal that she she's just so creative anyway when it comes to doing the DIY stuff and she put together the things and it was so funny the first time she showed it to me when I walked in after she had completed all she did it of course she's a, a night owl she stays up late I'm too old I have to go to bed a little earlier and she's doing this and she shows it to me the next day and there's three red and one black just so perfect so creative so good I uh, I, I have such admiration for her creativity uh, something that unfortunately did happened on Tuesday, Matt, was we lost Jerry Jarrett, uh, legendary professional wrestling promoter, uh, father of your frenemy, Jeff Jarrett. Um, right. Anything you'd like to share about Jerry? You and I, uh, I want to say is maybe a month, month and a half ago, had a little discussion about Memphis wrestling, but Jerry yeah. was truly a pioneer and a trailblazer, was he not? He absolutely was. I mean, he contributed so much to the pro wrestling industry. You know, a wrestler, a legendary promoter, work for Vince. He's done it all, you know, in, in pro wrestling, in the industry, he has done it all. And he, he really was a very, very special man. And he was a, a huge cornerstone of professional wrestling. So rest in peace, Jerry Jarrett, uh, I spoke to Jeff, sent my condolences along. And I know Jeff was, was very close with his father right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it sucks that people do have to pass away, but I, I'm very happy. He, he was able to live a long life and, uh, I, I am very grateful and appreciative for all his great contributions to the pro wrestling industry. Yeah, and I know you're really big on giving people their flowers while they're around. And yeah. I feel like with Jerry, with these Conrad podcasts, Jerry kind of got brought back into the wrestling conversation because he became yep. the folklore character on Bruce Pritchard's podcast. And more people were starting to talk about right. Jerry. And even just at the end of 2021, I did a project with Jeff called Memphis Memories, where we just did a deep dive on some of the Memphis stuff. And you keep in mind, too, that Jerry started TNA with Jeff. He was a partner in that. Yeah. So his legacy is massive, man. Absolutely right. massive. So his his legacy is monstrous. It's it's very very big. Yes. Best wishes to the Jarrett family, Jeff, Karen, and everyone else affected by that. Our thoughts are certainly with you there. Yes. Um, I did enjoy your segment on Dark this past week with Ethan Page. A very intense segment. 
Matt, you don't got to say this. I'll say this. I think this is one of the better storylines in pro wrestling, and I think it should be on Dynamite. It should be on Rampage every single week. What did you think of the segment you guys had and where this is going right now? Oh, thank you. I appreciate those those kind words. Uh, I, I, I am heavily enjoying this uh, this whole scenario going on with Ethan Page. And uh, just, just for clarification, we were going to do something where myself and Ethan Page had a conversation and Stokely was there. Myself and Ethan were going to get happy and walk off and then – the Stokely hook thing was going to happen, which actually was on dynamite and they separated it because they felt it was weird us leaving Stokely. And, and I kind of did too, in some ways, especially if we're working with them. Uh, so they said, well, if we're not doing it there, would you like to do something else? We said, sure, let's put it on elevation. That way we can take all the time we want. And we don't really have any uh, parameters when it comes to time. So that was something that was nice too, because I, I felt like to do, to portray and, and tell the story I was trying to uh, say in that time, we needed a little more than 60 seconds or 80 seconds, whatever it may be. I think it was three minutes and change or whatever. Uh, but yes, I, I really like that. And I feel like that was a very important part of our story going forward that we are very much on the same page. So I, I've had a blast working with uh, Ethan page and uh, these next few weeks, it's going to get really, really fun. I can't wait to see how it all plays out because we're going to let it play out as we do every single week here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. You get that t-shirt box, gimmicks.com. I think you're going to be seeing a new t-shirt design popping up there real soon that I threw by Matt Hardy, a little NWA homage, but not in the way that you were possibly thinking, <laughs> the, the right. NWA. Um, Matt Hardy, we got a special guest this week. That is Matt Cardona. What can people look forward to in this conversation with Matt? I, I think you're going to see a lot of similarities between the two Matts with two T's, uh, which would be Matt Hardy and Matt Cardona. And there, there's a, uh, we're, we're both big passionate wrestling fans. And I think that definitely translates well into us being successful in the industry and also not being afraid to venture out of Alexandria or our safe zones, go out and like, you know, make a name for yourself, you know, in foreign waters, so to say. And that's something I have a great respect for him for and and it's cool because there are still people in this day and age that are willing to do it and aren't just like oh my god i just need to stick where there's a, a regular check and i know it's gonna cash every single week or, or whatever so huge respect huge uh, huge props for matt cardona for for being that guy in this day and age so i don't want to waste any more time without further ado hit us with that matt fact matt fact matt never eats all the bread is that a carb watching thing Yes, that is. And what's so funny about it is like they'll see if there's ever a time where I get like a sandwich like uh, grandpa, which uh, most of you guys know, senior Benjamin, he'll he'll bring the, the kids McDonald's and every once in a while he'll be like, oh, hey, hey Matt, I got you a sandwich too. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's not really what I eat or whatever. But like Maxwell would watch me. I noticed like it'd be a quarter pounder and I would actually take the hamburger. I would take the top off and maybe leave a, a little bit of onions on it. And then I would like put it in the microwave, warm it up a little bit. And then I would take the bottom thing off and I'm just sitting there just like eating the, the meat, you know, with the, with the onions and ketchup on it or whatever. And like Max said, why do you do that? Dada? I said, Oh, well, you know, just as you get older, you, your body can't digest and process carbohydrates quite as much in the spread and stuff that I'm like, okay, not eating or whatever. And now Max will start doing that with his cheeseburgers. He'll just like take the top <laughs> off and he eats the bottom just because I do it. I love that. Like father, like son. Good yeah. stuff. I'm ready to bring in Matt Cardona. You're ready to bring in Matt Cardona. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, here at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, I am very happy to be welcoming our new guest, uh, the first time he's been on the show and we've been wanting to have him for a while. It is Matt Cardona. He is uh, formerly known as Zack Ryder, woo woo woo, but that character is long gone and dead. If you ever see him on your TV screen again, it's going to be Matt Cardona. Yeah, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, Zack Ryder, very grateful for that time, but he's dead. He's dead, pal. Long gone, D-E-A-D, dead. <laughs> But uh, now that I'm, you know, back to my real name, Matt Cardona, I think I need a Matt fact. Can we put up a Matt fact? Oh, oh Matt I'm Cardona, Matt Cardona, Matt Jesus fact. Christ, nothing sacred anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt Cardona, please, by all means, hit us with your uh, Matt let's fact. Drop this, let's drop this Matt fact. You know, Matt has a lot of Matt Hardy action figures. You know that? Ah, I like that. I dig. I, 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 uh, I encourage and I... Uh, I, I promote that matter of fact. I'm down with it. Okay, I know you have a lot too. I don't have every Matt Hardy figure like you do, but I have a lot of them. I, I don't. I don't have every one. I, I have most of them. I, I'm missing like four, four or five or six out of my collection. A lot of them are very rare series that were released with other people, compilation series and whatnot. But uh, I, I have a pretty decent collection. I've had people help me uh, gather them over the years. But your your action action figure collection and your your whole podcast and all your success with covering action figures and, and turning that into a uh, an avenue for revenue for you. Uh, really, really impressive, man. Congrats on all that success. Oh, I appreciate that. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, you know, Brian Myers and I, Kurt Hawkins, uh, who's also dead. Uh, we decided <laughs> yeah. to start this, this podcast about wrestling figures about five years ago, just as a hobby, just because we were talking about it and texting about it. And I said, there's so many wrestling podcasts. Let's do one about wrestling figures. And I didn't anticipate it would turn into a business. Uh, right. You know, just the, First, we had like a pro wrestling tease, and then we made like little enamel pins. And now we have our own toy line. We do live podcasts. We have live wrestling shows. It's pretty ridiculous, but uh, I love it. That's amazing. Let me ask you this. Do you have a favorite Matt Hardy action figure in particular? Is there one era that oh, stands man. out? Uh, I think the, the the first one that came out, it's a, a Titantron two-pack double slam, where it's just the, the, the Matt and Jeff with the, the red... Yeah. Rude style, uh, tight shirts, whatever you want to call it. I think that, that's that, a classic that, one. That was that. I mean, it took forever. You know, action figures take such a long time to process. I remember we were so excited after we got scanned for them, and that that one took a long time to come out. But like, and you know how this is too. When you get a, an, an official action figure from a WWE or a global company, it's like, oh my god. I've made it like that. That's affirmation that you really have succeeded and you've made it in some capacity. That was a huge deal for myself and Jeff. And we're like, Oh my God, we got an action figure. Uh, it's crazy. It blows me away that ended up getting so many more following that. Yeah. I remember this must've been like 2007, 2008. You had a little after party at your house after one of the local WWE shows. And we went to your house, we went in your basement. I saw all of your action figures on display. I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. I'm like, if I ever, if I ever come as big as Matt Hardy, I'm going to have all my, I never became that big, but I have all my figures on display. Uh, Cause it's like you said, it's something to be proud of. If you were a fan growing up, you collected yep. the figures or played with them, or at least knew what they were. Exactly. So to have a figure definitely signifies that you made it. It does. What, what, what do you think? Let me ask you this, Matt. What do you think are the, 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 the most important things that really allow you to know that you've made it, you know, once, oh, once, they, once, once they get made or happen. I mean, for me, it was things like a T-shirt, uh, video game, the figure. That's a, it. A WrestleMania. But those three, those are the, those three, video game, T-shirt, figure. Same here. Uh, when we got an official T-shirt, oh, my God, we've made it. We got official action figures. Oh, my God, we've made it. We're in a video <laughs> game. Oh, my God, people can play and, and be us. Right. We've made it. And always, th those are my three as well. So good answers. I think one of the coolest things about 
you, Matt Cardona, is that you are someone who grew up unabashedly unafraid of being a wrestling fan. And you weren't afraid to show that. And it's something that became so fulfilling as part of your path. And you've celebrated it and embraced it over the years. And that's very similar to my friend Matt Hardy over here, who uh, certainly when he was taking shots with Sham, first name Sham, last name Payne, <laughs> uh, back star and Omega, he never shied away from that. How much has that played into who you are as a wrestler today and the culture of wrestling that we exist in right now? Uh, it's funny you say that because when I first got on the, the main roster in like 2007, I couldn't go up to like Bob Holly, hey, Bob, I just, just got your figure at Target. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it wasn't like that. I don't blame those guys. They didn't grow up in that era with the ice cream bars and the bed sheets and the wrestling buddies like I did. And now the business has changed so much because it's a new generation. Um, but I think the first time I started incorporating all that into my quote unquote character is when I started that YouTube show, the Z True Long Island Story, whenever it was 2011. Uh, because I got to show a different side that I wasn't just the guy already in the ring on raw losing in three minutes. I got to show my personality, you know, whether it be that like star Wars or Ghostbusters, that I collected wrestling figures. First off, I was going to say, if you did share that with Bob Holly, he would have probably beat your ass to unconsciousness <laughs> in a house show with a wheelchair. <laughs> right, I've, exactly. seen him, I've, I've seen him do it to people before. Uh, but I also agree with you too, John. I think people who are big fans, uh, and, and really, you know, embraced the business and the art of it and their fandom as well. I feel like those are the people that end up being the most successful in this day and age because they, they, they really love it. And, and, you know, they understand it because they have watched it for, for decades. And, and I feel like that definitely played a big role in myself and Jeff and also with, with Matt Cardona. And I think, you know, I think where, where Matt and I are similar is you can't just love this business when you're, when you're doing great, you know, you have to love it when it sucks, when it's rock bottom, because, you know, everyone wishes they were undefeated, you know, with the main event every day. It's just not realistic, right? So you have to really genuinely love it, and you have to love the good and the bad, the highs and the lows. And then when you get a good a high moment, you know, you, you appreciate it so much more. I mean, I've said this too. If you end up making a name for yourself and, and, and finding a good spot on a promotion somewhere, which allows you longevity, uh, pro wrestling is like a cosine curve. You know, there's going to be times where you go up and there's going to be times where you go back down, but then you're going to go back up again. And, and you just have to be able to ride the wave and you have to make the most out of whatever you're given to work with. And something I greatly appreciate about you, Matt, is that you aren't afraid to step outside of the walls of Alexandria, which is WWE. It's like my reference in the walking dead. <clears throat> Alexandria was like the super safe space where you go in, it's nice. You don't have to bust your ass and fight off zombies and walkers all the time. And, and you're really taken care of, but you can step out of those walls and you can build yourself up as well. And you're, you've been someone that's never been afraid to do that. You know, like uh, you, you'll go to GCW and become the king of the death match. You'll go to NWA and become the NWA world heavyweight champion. And, and you'll build your uh, equity outside of WB, which makes you much more valuable with going back. And I was someone who was never afraid to do that. I, I said this, during the Bray Wyatt podcast, myself and Bray, whenever we were teaming together uh, with with uh, WWE as the, the leader of worlds, we'd come back to Vince. And sometimes Vince would just like chew Bray's ass out. And I'd go, what can I do better? And he'd say, there's nothing, nothing you can do. And I'm pretty certain that he, <laughs> he realized Bray just like came up from developmental. He'd never done indies. Uh, he, he came through a developmental system. He'd been on the roster. And that was all he knew. And he's like, well, this is like one of my kids because I've had him from birth. So I can like go off on his ass. You know, Matt, on the other hand, like, you know, I, I can't really do it to him because he's not afraid to leave here. He didn't give a shit. He'll go to a TNA or to a Ring of Honor or to an AEW, whatever it may be. And, and I feel like there's 
kind of like an, an unspoken respect Vince has for people that will actually do that. Sure. And, you know, I, I don't want to be kissing your butt this whole podcast, but the whole Matt Hardy will not die. I mean, I feel like I'm very similar. Like, I'm a cockroach. You, you can't kill me. You know, the, the right. business has counted me out. Fans have counted me out. Management has counted me out. There's been times where I've counted myself out. But I will not die because I love this yeah. business too damn much. And I'll die trying to be the best I could possibly be. That's the attitude. I mean, that's the mentality you have to have here, especially to survive in this industry and have longevity. I want to circle back to you talking about the YouTube series there, Matt, the uh, Z true Long Island story, which really elevated you to just this next level and really made people pay attention to you. Where did you draw inspiration from in creating that and turning to the Internet? Because one of my premises for even starting this podcast with Matt in the first place was I know that Matt was always kind of forward thinking and he was looking at the Internet before that was kind of kosher in pro wrestling. And your Internet series on YouTube really helped you make some serious headway there. Yeah, there was definitely guys like Matt. Uh, Shane Helms, Jericho, who who took to the internet early. And there was a way for me as a fan. I remember reading like Q&As on like Shane Helms' website. I'm like, whoa, you get to ask Shane Helms questions. Or even if I didn't ask the question, I got to read his response. So this was before really social media was a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and and that, I gravitated towards that. And I knew that, okay, my spot in WWE, it was what it was. And I could pitch all day long. But if I wanted to change something, I had to do it for myself. And I was either going to, you know, get a push or I was going to get fired, but either way I was going to create buzz. I knew that I just needed to create buzz. Uh, so I took a chance and I, I didn't know the master plan. I just knew I had to try something. Uh, my parents had gotten me one of those flip cameras for Christmas, which I had no use for I'm like, Well, maybe I'll use it to film a YouTube show. And I just started filming things in my, uh, in my apartment, in my living room. And you know, the rest is kind of history. That's amazing. Like that, that, that series, did so much for you and it really showed a different level of personality and character from you it showed your creativity how you weren't afraid to uh you know step out of your comfort zone and do something different and that, that's that's really what it's all about i mean that's something vince has said in the past like uh you know in one-on-one conversations where i said well the reason i have you doing this is because i really want you to step out of your comfort zone that's the only way you truly grow and there, there is a lot of legitimacy to that um going back to the internet as well whenever i got fired for four or five weeks, whatever it was in 2005. I mean, one of the first things I did, like, okay, fuck it. I'll keep doing what's next. If I'm going to end up going to TNA following this, now that it's up and running, I said, let me get something started. And, and I started the Hardy show with Jeff. And, you know, we had a, a paid site where you could go in and stream these videos. And we sold DVD. It was almost like a Patreon site before Patreon was ever around. And we actually, we killed it for like a year on that, you know, until I was back hard and heavy doing WWE again. Yeah, this is funny. I remember when I uh, first was on the indies, and when I say the indies, I just did a couple shows a month. I wasn't really on the indies, but before WWE, Brian Myers and I, we got our 8x10s from high spots, and this was when you had been gone from WWE, and somehow like some of your 8x10s got mixed in with ours. Like, Whoa, we got the Matt Hardy indie 8x10s. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Well, I, again, though, you use that leverage from the internet show to propel you to this run as the u.s champion i was at the garden when you ran in on ziggler and it was just this electric moment and i see a lot of parallels between the two of your careers because i mean matt hardy what you were able to leverage with all the broken stuff which was pretty much man-made from the start uh it, it helps propel you to that next level and gains appreciation and recognition from the fan base Matt Cardona, when did you first start to realize that people were starting to take to your efforts and the things that you were trying to do to step out of that comfort zone and think outside the box? 
Well, I, I, the fans definitely took to it right away uh, because I think now it's it's very important. But even back then, like the fans can see through the bullshit. You know, the authenticity yeah. and the transparency, it, it's so important. So, you know, if I'm on this YouTube show making fun of myself for being, uh, you know, someone who gets killed in three minutes, being a job, what can a fan say? If I'm doing the self-deprecating humor, if I'm already saying it about myself, they really have no insult to me. So if I'm playing along with it and then I'm being entertaining or I'm climbing over a fence saying I'm trying to get over and stuff like that and trying to – a lot of fans just kind of, whether they were a fan of me or not, they, they turned. And they're like, I like this guy because he's one of us. He's just a fan trying to make it. And I think doing that YouTube show, it really opened up the fact that I am a diehard fan just like them, and they wanted to support that. And, you know, whether it be chanting my name at shows I wasn't even at or, you know, WWE made some merchandise. I wasn't even on TV with merchandise. It's pretty nuts. And, you know, I thank the fans for that big time because that fan connection, it's so important. It's all about the fans. Without the fans, we're nothing. And that's not a little cheap plug for the fans, but it's true. I mean, we need the fans. Yeah. I mean, I've said that since the beginning. Without you, there would be no me. And I I know you're one of the people, too. Like when you interact with people, if if someone comes up to you at an airport or whatever, maybe you're very friendly. And that goes a long way, man. Those people will support you forever, you know, and they remember those those personal moments you gave them for a a second. Oh, my God, Matt Cardone. He was so nice to me. He was so good to me. Like, oh, I support him. And and just what you're saying about using that. you know, when, when you cut into yourself, it's like the Eminem theory, right? You know, back from eight mile where he did that rap, where he like cut into himself first and foremost. I mean, if you can acknowledge it, then it really kind of takes away whatever leverage fans would have to try. They have and, like, no leverage. If you're saying it, what, what else could they I'm say? Totally, totally behind that, man. Let, let me ask you this, Matt. So whenever you were doing your YouTube series and, and it was getting over and you were successful, do you feel me watching from the outside, uh, you know, as I'm doing, probably ring of honor at this time getting ready to do tna and you're getting white hot and people are loving what you're doing especially to the online smarter more educated fans right so do you feel like because outside looking in i I feel almost like like vince and the powers that be are almost like oh my god like he's he's out of control he's getting way too over with this like we we had we have to do something about it because there is that mentality they want to ultimately be behind whatever success you have i mean that's kind of the mentality there it has been in the past did you did you feel did you feel a little bit of that? Uh, there was definitely some frustration because, like I said, I, I was a top merch seller without being on TV. They're clearly chanting my name at shows I wasn't even at, and then you know it's all about fan participation, right? So in the show, I would have sign of the week and encourage people to bring Zach Ryder signs, and then it wouldn't. I would just pl- show every single sign that was on Raw or SmackDown in the show, so it just entice people to bring more signs. So I was just trying to, you know forced WWE's hand to use me and eventually it did work I, I was on TV I, I did uh you know I was the U.S. champion did a, something with Cena and Kane uh you know it it kind of <laughs> didn't end how I thought it would end it was you know uh getting pushed off the stage in a wheelchair and stuff like that you know wasn't the best uh finish to the story uh so to say but you know yeah I definitely felt like WWE you know they had to use me because they just need to shut people up right yep they did. Uh, and, and, and also, I feel like, especially then, it could have changed by now. You know, I haven't been there in a few years, going on almost three now. Uh, whenever I was released and I got really hot, you know, utilizing the Internet and, and fans were chanting, like, we want Matt, you screwed Matt at any venue where they would see, you know, uh, Edge or Lita, whatever it may be. I, I knew once I got hired back with actually a raise more money. I knew at some point they were going to get me for it. I knew, I knew they were going to like get my ass, (laughs) like getting myself over and like embarrassing them, them having to address it. So I feel like you kind of fell into that same category. Yeah. Listen, uh, at the time I was, 
I was like, oh my God, I'm in the storyline with, with Kane and Cena. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get my revenge on Kane. I was so like naive. I'm like, oh, I'll, ju I'll just wrestle Kane at WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? Like, I said, okay, well, he pushed me off the stage in a wheelchair, choke slammed me off a loading dock, choke slammed me through the Oh, I'll just, I'll just fight him at Mania. You know, and that didn't happen. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I blame myself for that, for not, you know, knocking on Vince's door and being like, hey, like, what's going on here? I'm one of the, I, I've gotten myself to this level. I'm one of the, the top selling uh, merch guys. Like, right. Why are we doing this? What's going on? And I didn't do that. I didn't knock on Vince's door. I didn't ask. So I, I take all the blame for what happened there because I don't want to live in bitterness and be like, oh, they screwed me or they buried me because what the fuck is the point of that, you know? Well, Matt Hardy, the Super Bowl has come and gone, and I'm just so happy because I don't know if you saw, I was cooking up those fancy little steaks there on, on social media, and I was able to pair those with the delicious Jumbo Lump Maryland Crab Cakes from Jimmy's Famous Seafood that I ordered on Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com. Is that not living the life, surf and turf, baby? That That is living the life, man. That sounds like an optimal situation, John. And I got to take two. I also had, uh, I had those same crab cakes at the house for the Super Bowl, too. Look at that. That's fascinating because you weren't near Baltimore, Maryland in the last week at all. So how'd you get those crab cakes? Because now you can go straight to Jimmy's Famous Seafood and you can order it and they will send it directly to your house and it is ready to go. Easy to prepare. Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com is the place because they are doing free two-day nationwide shipping on orders over $125, excluding steamed crabs and fresh items, by just using that promo code HARDY. That's Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com, promo code HARDY, and you will get free two-day nationwide shipping on most orders over $125. The crab cakes, the soups, the chowders. The oysters, the steaks, the desserts, the gluten-free items, they are coming right to your door. What makes these crab cakes better than the rest, Matt? I mean, really, like uh, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, they take a lot of pride in everything they make, everything they forge. And, like, their crab cakes are made from scratch. They use the best uh, materials, the best ingredients. And I promise when you taste a Jimmy's Famous Seafood crab cake, it's going to change your life. It will alter the course of your life. You will never want to eat another crab cake from anywhere else in your life. And the great thing about it is you don't have to go to Baltimore to get it because they will send it directly to your home. Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com, promo code Hardy. Find out why the likes of Bobby Flay and Guy Fieri are throwing their names behind Jimmy's Famous Seafood, also a company that's been in business for more than four decades now, and they love professional wrestling, do they not? Oh, my God. They're, they're amazing. They are great. Pro wrestling fans, anytime we're there, they they put us in a special section. They they give us extra food. You get more bang for your buck. Uh, they're, they're great, man. If you are a pro wrestling fan, you should also be a Jimmy's Famous Seafood fan because he is definitely a big advocate and promoter of wrestling. Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com. Free two-day nationwide shipping on most orders over $125. Just use that promo code Hardy. Once again, that's Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com. Promo code Hardy. H-A-R-D-Y. Hardy. Go get it now. Hey guys, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley here, and I need to call a quick timeout, a brief timeout, because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. Adfree Shows gives you early ad-free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts, including The Snake Pit with Jake Roberts. 
This week, the snake welcomed the devil himself, Kevin Sullivan, to the program. I'm ready to go out and I see Ming coming back. And all of a sudden, they threw a cinder block and hit him on the shoulder from the roof. He dropped to a knee, but he just shook it off and came in. If they had hit him in the head, it would have killed him. David Crockett joins Conrad for an all-new edition of The Book as they go day by day through February 1985 with the help of Jim Crockett's original booking log. And what a pivotal month it was as WrestleMania 1 is right around the corner and Jim Crockett Promotions is running in Vince's own backyard. In that area, knew him, knew his reputation. It's a working class audience. Uh, they like the style of our wrestling and you put Dusty and Backlund together, they're, you know, opposites, but they attract and and they make it work. This month marks the 35-year anniversary of one of the most memorable angles in wrestling history, the famous twin referee angle on the main event. And Ad-Free Show's members got to watch it back live alongside Earl Hebner on our latest premium watch-along event. I got to dress, I got to use uh, Andre's dressing room after all this happened and uh, Andre just loved me I mean he just wanted me basically always be a ref and Hogan loved me to death that's just a small taste a sampling if you will of what we have waiting for you with four levels to choose from four see for yourself why ad free shows is the best value in wrestling today sign up now right now at adfreeshows.com Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. So what did it take for you to find your confidence then? Because it's so evident watching you now, you carry yourself with so much confidence and you're, you're very confident with who you are as a performer and as a person. What did it take for you to find that? Well, I definitely had the, you know, I I grew up in WWE, not only as a performer, but as a man, you know, I got signed when I was with 20 years old, you know, and uh, just about to turn 21. I was there for almost 16 years, uh, Give or take, I, I'm not good at math, but something like that. So, like, I grew up there as a man and as a performer. And then, you know, when I let, got let go from WWE, I knew it was time to go. My contract uh, was going to be up in a couple of months. Everyone got the big deals uh, a year before, and I didn't resign because I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay or if I wanted to go. And that anxiety was eating at me for a full year. And then ultimately, you know, they made the decision for me. They, they fired me, which, you know, thank God. You know, I, I needed it. I, I know that I needed it. And, and that day... Uh, before I got fired, I already set up my pro wrestling T store because I knew it was coming. And then once they fired me, I put it up. I'm like, let's fucking go. Um, but I didn't know what I was going to do because it was a weird time, not just in wrestling, in the world. Like the world was shut down, global pandemic. There were no indies to go fucking work. Uh, so luckily, I had the, the podcast to, to keep me afloat money wise. But okay, now, now what do I do? My whole life, I've been, you know, my whole wrestling life, I've been Zack Ryder. Now I want to get away from that, but how do I do that? That, that was tricky. And it took me, it took me a couple of months to figure that out because you can't just turn heel on the indies. Hey, when there's no indies going on, you know, you have to figure something out. And that's when that GCW opportunity came around and right. that just changed everything for me. 
Yeah, that uh, I mean, that, that that's great, though. I, I would even love to hear a little more of your process of how you feel like you fully made the transition from being Zach Ryder to being Matt Cardona as the process of getting yourself over and really figuring it out and putting all the pieces of the puzzle together on the Indies. Yeah, so even even before that, even before I got let go from WWE, I knew like the woo 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 goofy shit had to change. You know, right. I stopped wearing the headband, the glasses, got in great shape, grew the beard. But it's like you you can pitch stuff all day, but you don't write the show. I don't have the pencil, so I can't. I can try my best to express who I want to be, but unless you're portrayed that way on television, it's just not going to work. So what? Not that I had handcuffs on, but when I was released from WWE, the handcuffs were off, and I could just be me and try anything throw shit against the wall like i i i wish i could say this was all calculated but it wasn't i was just fucking trying anything taking any booking i could and when that gcw death match got presented to me i said no fucking way i'm not wrestling this fucking guy this fucking criminal this guy who's on dark side of the ring there's no fucking way i'm doing this backyard shit and then i took a step back and said well it'll definitely create some buzz you know <laughs> people are going to want to see zach Ryder get carved up by nick gage uh, and I didn't anticipate how much buzz it would create. And it, it, it changed everything for me, it changed my career, my life. Uh, it, it really just changed. That's what I needed. That was the, 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 the step that I needed to change from what people thought as Zach Ryder to the new Matt Cardona. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I remember that deal. I, I remember, I, I feel like I either texted you or DM'd you or something like, fuck, that was awesome. Congrats yeah. on all the buzz. Yeah, because I, 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 I love that shit because I know what it's like to like, be down in the mud and like looking for like the next big break where you can get some momentum behind yourself. And that right, was such right. a huge boost for you at that point. Well, and I've always felt like the best pro wrestling characters are, even if the performer is extremely self-aware, the character completely lacks self-awareness. Right. And that's what we see from Matt, the ECW original Matt Cardona, right. you know, the, the deathmatch king, like that stuff helps elevate you because it's kind of that wink and a nod to the fans. What have you found out about that connection that you do have with the fans over the course of the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, listen, so I have the major wrestling for a podcast, and those fans were so supportive. Like I said, when we got released from WWE, there was no indies. There was no way to make money. They kept us afloat by supporting the podcast and all our merchandise and all our projects. But I've definitely made uh, some new fans. But this this whole journey is not about proving people wrong. I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I, I want to prove myself right, my real fans right. If I convert some people along the way, great, glad to have you. But it's not about you. It's about me and the people who've been supporting me since day one or, you know, who, who, who jump on the train. But I'm not trying to, to prove anybody wrong. I'm not trying to shove anything up anyone's ass. Like, I'm just trying to be me and fulfill my dreams, make some money, get some gold, get some buzz. Yeah. And I, I feel like something that you've done so well, and it's something very important to do, something I've tried to do over the years. It's like you're, you're very much on the pulse of the current wrestling business and also the current <clears throat> smart fans so you're very good at like walking the line between like total kayfabe and also like smart fandom and, and if you can walk that line i feel like that makes you a lot more appealing to those people too and it also keeps them guessing like oh how legitimate is he in saying this or doing this does he really believe that is he just playing into it this and the other thing and i think it makes you much more of an, an, an intriguing character when you're out doing stuff on the indies when you're like that yeah, and you know that's something I definitely you know took from you. Like you know, like you said earlier, when you when you left, and that I remember you coming back and screaming "Ring of Honor" into the microphone. Like that was so cutting edge at the time because, like, is this real? Is it not? You know, I think you have to always have people guessing, always have people on their toes. That's what's so exciting about this business. Just make them doubt it. You know, make them question it. If they don't know for sure, then you've done your job. 
that that was a, that was such a fun time too. And, and I've probably shared this before with John, I think. But like, whenever I, I met with Vince, they pulled me up in a, in a limo that day before I was new. Right, you know, probably thirty minutes before the segment was going to happen or whatever. When I was doing the the thing backstage, uh, we did that live. The shot they had Kane like standing my place where I was going to be. And they shot it and walked through rehearsal a couple of times. And then literally I like walked up, boom, we went right there, you know, where I jumped Adam in the back and then hauled us out. And, and I asked Vince, he, you know, I was like, well, what do you want me to do out there? I said, I feel like I would probably grab the mic and try and say something. He said, say whatever you think you would say, whatever your character would yeah. say at this point. He said, you do it. He said, you're, you've got yourself over like this and big, big kudos to him for allowing that. And it's so funny when I first went to, Ring of Honor and did my first appearance. It was against Christopher Daniels. And holy shit, I was like the most beloved figure in Ring of Honor history at that point. <laughs> and then after showing back up on WWE, those fans were very smart. They knew what was going on. The The next match I had against Homicide, it was like half and half booze and cheers right. uh, because they're like, oh, no, we think he's back. And then I do it. And then the last match against Roderick Strong, I was a total hill, you know, and I even cut a promo <laughs> saying like, oh, I'm coming into Ring of Honor. I'm leaving undefeated. Then going back to make millions with, you know, the greatest promoter of all time, Vince McMahon. And it was so funny how that that changed so quick over the course of three different matches just because right. they legitimately knew I was back. I, you know, I'd, si I'd sign my soul away to the devil once again. Uh, you know, it's just just the, their perception of you is just something you have to be very aware of. And and, and you're great at doing that. It's, it's fun for me to watch when you do that. And you're so aware of how whatever particular type of fan it is in the building, whether it's a casual fan or a smart fan, you understand how they perceive you. Right. Yeah. There, there's certain indie shows, you know, I would say 99% of the time I walk out middle fingers in my face, but I'm also, if I'm in West Virginia, I know I'm the Bay face, you know, doing the <laughs> chicken, chicken, you got it. You got to read the audience. And like we've been saying this whole time, since we're diehard fans, I feel like it's easier for us because yeah. we're fans at heart too. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt, how, how do you perceive the landscape of the industry right now in terms of being an independent wrestler? Is it easier to be out there on the indies or would it perhaps uh, be more coddling in a way to be in a major company? There's got to be pros and cons of each, I would imagine. You've kind of dipped your toes into different arenas in that sense. Yeah, there are certainly pros and cons. I think this is the best time not only to be a fan, but to be a wrestler, there are so many goddamn options. If you yeah. want to work, you can do it. You know, you, there, there are so many ways to make money, whether it be independence or, you know, podcasts or whatever it is, whatever your passion is, there's a way to, to follow that. Uh, you know, there's so many guys who got released at the same time Brian Myers and I did who like haven't done shit. And like, I have, as Scott Steiner would say, I have no sympathy because you're not <laughs> doing the work, yeah. you know, like I'm busting my ass doing all this stuff. Because I want to fulfill my dreams. I want to get to that next level. What is that next level? I don't know. I don't have like, of course I have hopes and dreams, but I don't know what the next step is. I'm chasing that buzz. Like Matt said earlier, I'm chasing that next big moment that will yeah. catapult me to the next big moment. And I feel like that's what wrestling is. Wrestling is all about yeah. moments, you know? Absolutely. It's it's one of those things, and 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 I know you're, you're very aware of this too. Like so many people nowadays, because the wrestling is great, but they get caught up in like, just the fact of wrestling, like, oh my god, it was a five star match, it was a six star right. match, or fuck, non star. I don't even fucking know how, how they rate them now, right? They go crazy, <laughs> but like, you know, that, that that stuff is great, especially if it's a, a payoff or a blow off to something. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is a story and also a connection to the character. That That is what makes successful companies, that's what makes successful wrestlers. And, and just knowing that, you know, you can't get too caught up in the wrestling because really, at the end of the day, it's all about the story and all about the journey of a certain character and what he's doing. 
Yeah, you know, people ask me all the time, these, these these unknown independent guys, like, what can I do to stand out? And I try to tell them that. But also at the same time, it is about the moves. Like, that's how you're going to get noticed on, on, on Twitter is like this highlight reel or, yeah. or GIF. So I get that. But you also, you need to find something that's going to keep them entertained. You know what I'm saying? You need to keep them invested in you because mm-hmm. these wrestlers are getting better and better and more athletic and more athletic. I mean, it's just you can't just keep up with that. You need to figure out what's going to make you stand out. What's what, what, why are people going to connect to you and either boo you, cheer you? You just got to get them to feel one way or the other. Yeah. You, you have to, you have to get them to care about you in whatever way. Right. And, exactly. and that's something that one of your good friends, Cody has managed to do where he takes that walk outside of Alexandria. Right. And he goes out and he becomes a big time star. He actually just said uh, with Peter Rosenberg that, at WrestleMania, his belt, his weightlifting belt, is going to have the name of every indie promotion that he worked for during his run before he started AEW. Oh, awesome. How much did his journey inspire you and, and help you pave your path outside of the major companies? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely watching Cody, uh, you know, from when he left to killing it on the indies to create an AEW. You know, what he's done, it's incredible. And the fact that he's the first guy to go from AEW to WWE. There's only going to be one first, you know? Yeah. So he did it. And now look, I mean, this guy getting injured is probably a blessing in disguise. Had two WWE comebacks in one year. <laughs> and now he's going to main event WrestleMania. I mean, I- I'm so proud of Cody. And he's worked his ass off for it. And he deserves all the success. Yeah. Say- same here, man. And I-, I was saying that too. It was such a big deal. And it's good for you and I. It's good for people like John who work within the wrestling industry. Just that the the the, the-, the excitement, the 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 exhilarating rush of having a wrestler jump from one major promotion to another major promotion is something we hadn't had in a very, very long time, especially someone go from AEW, who is, you know, the, the, probably the next biggest thing to WWE right now, currently on, on a global stage uh, to have someone go from AEW willingly back to WWE and also someone who was part of the, the foundation, of AEW. I mean, that's a huge deal. And I mean, that's, Cody, that's, it's historic. It's going to go yeah. down in the history books for sure. Yeah. One of the last week we talked about Undertaker. I'll never forget whenever Undertaker showed up and myself and Jeff were like, oh my God, that's me, Mark Callis. That's me, Mark Callis. He's, he's doing a new, <laughs> new character. You know, but we were so excited about it. And that was one of the most, that, that was the one of the most fun things about pro wrestling. I'm sure you remember that too. When, you know, the, the Monday Night Wars were going on and you would see jumps when Lex Luger shows up at the first night. That stuff was all huge, man. And, and for Cody to be the first guy to do that and, and set that precedent, it is historic. And it's also very good for the industry because now it makes people think like, oh, my God, is this guy going to leave AW? Is he going to WB? Is this guy leaving WB? Is he going to AW? And it's, just, it's good for the overall industry. Yeah, the, the anything can happen atmosphere is what's needed in the wrestling industry. And I think that's what's so cool now is because there are so many independents where, you know, back in the day, if you were doing an independent in New Jersey, that was it. Those 200 people saw it, that was it. But now with like Fight TV and streaming and the yeah. internet, like, I mean, okay, take GCW, that death match with Nick Gage. At the end of the day, it's really just an indie in Atlantic City, New Jersey. But because of the internet and, and, and Fight TV and streaming services, it trended number one over the UFC and the Olympics, which is yeah. crazy. And it changed my whole life just on this yeah. indie show in New Jersey where five years ago, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have necessarily been possible. Yes. Uh, 10 years ago, that would have just been, like you said, a local indie wrestling match in Lansing, New Jersey. But now you stream it and you guys do this match, which ends up being so special. And so many people are, you know, uh, motivated by it. It becomes an event, you know, and that's so cool that now events can occur just because of streaming and whatnot. Today's technology in 2023. Let's take a quick time out here, Matt Hardy. 
I feel like I've talked about food a lot on this podcast. You've talked about food. We talked about picking pig earlier and all that good stuff. But I know out there in hardy country, it's kind of the middle of nowhere. I can't imagine that going grocery store shopping is super easy and convenient, is it? Yeah, it can sometimes present a challenge, so to say, <laughs> especially if your name is Rebecca Hardy and you, uh, you're you used to being in, in New York City where everything is right there on the corner. It's a little more challenging when you live in Cameron, North Carolina. Yeah, it's so convenient when you're in the Northeast and especially Rebbe, you got the bodegas there, you got the markets there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much easier. But not only are you out there in Bumble, you know what? But she's also got to help supply for the gaggle of children out there. And just going grocery store shopping is is a pain. Well, that's why we want to introduce you to our newest partner here at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, HelloFresh. And with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and most importantly, Matt, affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I've always been interested in not just eating well, but also saving money in the process. And I see all these expensive meal kit plans and meal prep plans that maybe on big money Matt's salary you could afford, but on little money John's salary, that's just (laughs) not what's getting the job done, my friend. But... This HelloFresh offer from us can help you cut back on expensive takeout and delivery options by getting started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal in your own kitchen. There are fast and fresh recipes. HelloFresh's latest line of meals, get ready for this, ready? It features robust flavors and filling portions that are ready in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy a taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, or perhaps some... Seared steak and potatoes with Baronet sauce, or this one's right up your alley. Ready? Southwest pork and bean burritos. Okay, I'm here for it. You're you're digging that? I'm here for it. Okay, I like that. Well, you'll find quality ingredients in HelloFresh's recipes. In fact, ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days. So you know these things are fresh, Matt Hardy. And ever since I started using HelloFresh. My life has changed because it makes cooking enjoyable. The, right. the schlep of going out to the grocery store, it's no fun, and it, it ruins that experience of cooking. Does Rebby like doing the cooking at home? I feel like it's kind of therapeutic for someone like her. She does. She's, uh, she's very much big on cooking. But when it comes to this, as you said, the convenience cannot be understated. It is no. extremely convenient. Extremely convenient. And it tells her exactly how to cook it, too, because uh, sometimes you get all the ingredients are a little overwhelming. HelloFresh gives you exact step by step recipes of how to execute your fine dining experience that is farm fresh as well. And we want to help you out here at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. We have an awesome deal for this. Ready? Go to HelloFresh.com slash Hardy 65 and use the code Hardy 65 for 65% off. Whoa, 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 whoa. 65% <laughs> off? 65% off plus free shipping on your first order. I'm that's serious about slicing, that. That's slicing the price two-thirds. Dude, two-thirds off. And and this is not me just like getting a gimmick. Oh, we got to sell HelloFresh here. Dude, that is an insane I'm offer. I'm placing an order as soon as we finish this podcast. Good. 
HelloFresh.com slash Hardy65. Use code Hardy65 for 65% off plus free shipping. I'm serious. Like, this is not a gimmick, man. Like, that's legit impressive. Uh, Especially from a company that is doing things the right way. I want to know what I'm eating is farm fresh. It's convenient. It's affordable. And it's going to make my day easier, ultimately. And that's what HelloFresh is helping us do. Anything else you'd like to add about HelloFresh? Uh, it, it's a win-win, and especially a 65% discount win. Absolutely. HelloFresh.com slash Hardy65. Use code Hardy65 for 65% off, plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Do you ever think about that, Matt, that people are out there now watching you reinvent like other wrestlers i'm talking about younger wrestlers or or fans who want to get in the industry watching you do this character and and human reinvention that you're doing does that ever resonate with you that you might be having that kind of effect on someone it's weird because i don't at the end of the day like i still consider myself like a a kid i guess i'm really not i'm 37 years old but there's been a couple times on this indie run where i've wrestled guys who are like hey man like your Z true long on story got me into wrestling. I tried to be the broski of the week. I'm like, what? That's, that's <laughs> fucking like mind boggling to me. But it, like, you know, it, it makes sense. That was 10 years ago. So someone who was, you know, 15 is now 25 or 11 is 21. So to get to wrestle those guys, uh, it, it's a really special moment for me. hundred percent. Matt cool. deals with that a lot. He talks about all the people coming up to him. Oh yeah. I love broken Matt. I was 16 when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I get it so much, and it's so crazy. Welcome to the the official old timers club, brother. Well, I, I'm I'm very grateful that this past year we did the Hardy Boys versus Brian Myers and Matt yeah. because that that match never took place in WWE, even though I always wanted it to. Uh, the Major Brothers wrestled Matt and MVP, and then uh, Hawkins and Ryder wrestled Jeff and Triple H, a weird tag team. But we never had the uh, the Hardys versus us two. For 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 me, you know, that it was a big deal, bucket list uh, match for me, 100. percent that was cool. That was a that was a lot of fun too. So then, let me ask you, Matt, what is your favorite, uh, what is your favorite version of Matt Hardy? Do you, is, uh, you strike me as a V one guy, uh, but I could V1, be wrong. One hundred percent. Okay, V one one hundred percent. Because I'll be honest, when the Hardy Boys were like the heartthrobs, and you know, with Lita, Team Extreme, I was like. I wasn't into it. I was, I was definitely a brood Hardy Boys, but I was always like, when they got too popular, I was like, ah, fuck them. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, when, when when Jeff broke off and then Matt was trying to find himself and found the V1, I was like, okay, I can get behind this. You know, I was always kind of rooting for the underdog, you know, the guy who I thought would be the next guy to break through. So uh, definitely a V1 guy, had all the shirts, everything. That, that And, like, clearly it's an inspiration to not just my character, but my life, for sure. Very cool. How about that? Inspir- I, V1 is an inspiration on his life, Matt. I, uh, you know, uh, Matt has 100 million Mattitude followers. It was a mad fact. Um, <laughs> Were um, you an mf or Matt Cardona? 100%. 100%. Mattitude follower. Yeah, me and Shannon Moore. <laughs> All right. Do not be perverted. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny you say that, too, because, like, if you would have fast-forward 10, 15 years and the Hardy Boys would have, you know – attain that success that level of success and the amount of overness we had then fans would have turned on us just like you said and i see that you're a smart fan at the end of the day and you're like oh these guys are too popular yeah whatever (laughs) and i I knew whenever i transitioned out and i did be one because like i've always said this too like the hardy boys is that's like jeff's wheelhouse he's the guy who just like doesn't give a shit he wants to go out and do these high spots and like make make fans ooh and ah and do whatever else i and much more of a, of a character and, and personality worker. So I like, once I got to be a character that was like, 
over-the-top delusional, larger-than-life, all into himself, super narcissistic, whatever, V1. I mean, that that was my wheelhouse. And I was really excited at that time that I was getting the opportunity to do me. I wasn't having to do what was what was literally just Jeff's gig and his gimmick. Right. <laughs> and it was authentic, right? So maybe, yeah. you know, you were turning the dial up a little bit, the volume up, but it was authentic. And the fans see through all that. They, they know yeah. what's authentic. They know what's real. They, they can't be faked anymore. You know, you can't pretend to be a robber or call yourself the repo man uh, in 2023, <laughs> or even back then, in whatever, 2002. Yeah. yeah you, you know, it's so funny when, when you say that. And I've, I've told a little bit about this story. Whenever I was first, because I am Matt Hardy version one. Right, and right. Stephanie McMahon said, oh, I think you need to stop doing that hand sign. I mean, that's never that's never going to get over. People are never going to buy it, do whatever. And then I remember there was one time we were doing a promo and she was like directing it. Uh, a vignette early in the days of, of version one, since they have Matt I said, is that right? Hurricane Well, let me ask you this. Would Matt Hardy be one do that or whatever? She's like, why do you talk with this weird cadence? Why, 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 why do you talk like that? Just talk normal. I said, well, that's just kind of how everyone talks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, remember, I don't know. And, and I always do. I, whenever I go back and like I'm I'm portraying that character, it's almost like instinctual. That kind of comes back to my mind. I always talk with that certain V1 cadence. Right. Uh, what were your thoughts on the broken universe and the cinematic stuff? You're a pretty forward thinking guy yourself. Did you get it immediately? Did you recognize the impact that it could have? No, I didn't definitely did not recognize the impact it could have. I didn't, you know, recognize I think everyone was watching, like, what the fuck is this? Like, whether you oh like my god, that hard back on drugs. Like, I, I remember like some overseas WWE tour, and we're all like on the back of a bus, like watching one of them. I don't know if it was the first one, or I'm like, in, in Japan? Like, what yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? You know, but look what it has done, you know, how popular it became. I mean, listen, I I, I hate kissing Matt's butt, I know it's his podcast, but when they came back at WrestleMania. Holy shit. Like I was in the building. That pop was unbelievable. And it was outside. So imagine if there was a ceiling, you know, like, holy shit, because that's how over it got. And I think that was the perfect combination of the Hardys. Like you said, Jeff is the daredevil and Matt's more storyline driven. And when you combine them together, I think that's the ultimate Hardy boys right there. I, you know, you were talking about that, about how so many people were like very confused right out of the gate. Like I, I had a, I had an idea about where this broken Matt Hardy deal could go. And we did that first ever contract signing and it was like so polarizing online. Some people said, oh my God, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life. This is a throwback to old school wrestling. And then there are people like, oh my God, this is trash. Fucking this is going to get the show canceled. This is the most terrible thing I've ever seen, whatever. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm sure. But you know who the first person who who reached out to me after that polarizing thing in the final deletion who said this, this is fu- you fucking stumbled on something brilliant. It's one of the best characters in wrestling here uh, history, Chris Jericho, because yeah. he like he he was very much on board with it right from the jump, which was so cool. I think when you invoke like emotion or feelings one way or the other, you did your job right. If people just yep. don't care or don't talk about it, then yep. you failed. But if they hate it or they love it or they're talking about it job well done yeah i mean if they hate it if they are if they despise it so much and they hate it there there is a way to profit from it there always is if people are connected to it in whatever way whether it's good or bad there's a way to profit on it i know matt cardona you say that zach Ryder's dead but he's never taken a trip to the lake of reincarnation you never know it's funny because i i you know i i think it's out there that i tried to get the the zach Ryder trademark it had lapsed wwe let it go and I, and I tried to get it. Of course, the Dirt Sheets picked that up. But it wasn't going to be Zack Ryder on the indies. I wanted to film a Zack Ryder versus Matt Cardona cinematic match. You know, Matt versus Zack or, or do a two-pack of my major bendies. But I knew there was a chance WWE would try to uh, 
stop that. And they did. They contacted my lawyer. I said, okay, you got it. I'm not fighting this. You know, like, <laughs> it's not worth it. Not worth the time or the money, but it would have been cool to do a Zack Ryder versus Matt Cardona cinematic match. And maybe I can, yeah. if I tiptoe around intellectual property and stuff like that, but uh, it definitely would have been cool to, you know, promote it as Zack Ryder versus Matt Cardona instead of Matt Cardona versus the Long Island guy or <laughs> Matt Cardona versus Broski or whatever, you know? You could you could probably still do Matt Cardona versus Z Ryder, and you could yeah. actually you could literally kill Z Ryder off in the at the end of the cinematic match. Right, <laughs> banish him to hell. I like that. Well, okay, so you just mentioned WWE. You you've been the talk of the town in a lot of places lately. Your wife Chelsea Green showed up in WWE. How much desire is there for you to potentially explore returning to Alexandria or an entity like that? Uh, I got to be very careful with my words here because sure, I know it's going to be picked up uh, somewhere. I'm not doing anything that I have been doing for the past two and a half years to get back to WWE. I'm doing this for me to create my own path, but I would be lying if I said I never wanted to wrestle at Madison Square Garden or have a WrestleMania moment or be in a WWE video game or have a Mattel thing. Of course, you know, I, I'm always ready. Um, I would have a conversation 100%. You know, because listen, WWE is number one. There is no denying that my wife is there now and I'm so proud of her. But right now, like, I feel like I'm I'm doing work that I needed to do. Like, I needed to leave WWE to find myself and I have. And my goal right now is to prove that you don't necessarily need a quote unquote major wrestling company to be a pro wrestling star. And I think I, I've done that. Uh, but they know my number. I'll pick up. You know what I'm saying? It's a very great answer. Is, is Paul Levesque being in charge and enticing? option for you potentially sure. honestly it doesn't matter to me who's in charge right i mean i i had a decent relationship with with vince decent relationship with triple h so um it really doesn't matter who's in charge to me that they, they, i think wwe now i mean it is cooking on all cylinders there's no denying that right i mean everyone <laughs> is talking about wrestlemania uh just the fact that what's gonna be the main event and people they 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 there's so many different opinions. Do they want Cody versus Roman? Do they want Roman versus Sammy? Do they want a three-way? The fact that we're that everyone is talking about this, whether you're a WWE fan or not, everybody's talking about that. So WWE is definitely doing something right, and it, it is the place to be. But, you know, I don't want to just go back to be another guy on the roster. I did that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just – and also, if I had to give up the major rest of your podcast, I wouldn't go back for that either. I wouldn't trade that because I've created, like, my life. With, with the wrestling and the podcast. And this is going to sound horrible. I'm going to say it anyway. Like, I don't care how you define success, whether it be by accolades, uh, by, by money, by happiness. I'm the most successful I've ever been in my wrestling career, right? So it'd be hard to give that up unless I knew that they, you know, wanted to, to use Matt Cardona in a way that I think I should be used. Very good. Hey. As our friend Jim Ross says, cash and creative, pal. That's what it boils down to at the end of the day. You get, but if both of those are flowing, you're you're in a good position. Well, you talked about just briefly the WrestleMania 33 return for the Hardy Boys, and Matt and I did a deep dive on that in our archive, ExtremeHardy.com, for anyone listening, the WrestleMania 33 episode. And one of my favorite parts about that, Matt Cardona, was Matt Hardy describing the just – dream sequence that was that moment of them walking all the way down the aisle just the year prior to that you had a pretty significant wrestlemania moment yourself winning the intercontinental championship in front of a hundred thousand people can you take us through that moment and and what that felt like and if it was similar at all to what matt described yeah i mean that that night was super special for me obviously um you know i'd been in wwe so long 
the YouTube show had come and gone. I was kind of doing nothing. I was doing nothing on the roster. I actually had been sent to NXT to team with Mojo, but I was still on the roster. So I would be doing NXT during the week. Uh, and then WWE, I do Raw, SmackDown, then go to NXT. So I was doing everything. And I just, just looking for a fucking break. Right. And I, that's where the, the always ready came from. I was just always ready for an opportunity. And of course, I think I invented the negative tweet because after the, the push off the stage in the wheelchair and seeing all the YouTube shit go down and to the point where I had to move my YouTube show over to WWE, I wasn't getting paid for it. And I was seeing all my hard work go down the toilet, but I still had to do the show. So I was definitely bitter, definitely made some negative tweets, 100 percent. And then I realized, like, this isn't changing anything. Being miserable is not it's not making me, you know, uh it's not making me money. It's not, it's not making me happy at work. It's not making me happy at home. I had to totally change my mindset. And that's where I really just worked my ass up on the things I could control in, in wrestling. There's, there's not that many things in, in a, in a major company. There's not many things you control. I say this, you can control your gear. You know, no one's going to say you can't have good gear. You can control your physique. No one's going to say, Oh, you can't work out and you can control your attitude. No one's gonna say you can't, be happy or positive. So once I really focused on those three little things, the only things I could control, like everything just kind of turned around. I was on, I don't know if it was superstars or main event, one of those shows before raw SmackDown and Vince was in his office eating a steak or whatever he was eating. He looked up and I was just on there. He's like, how can we're not doing something with this guy? And then that just sparked some conversation where, I, you know, you hear like the internal, Oh, you're going to be in this ladder match at WrestleMania. I'm like me. I'm fucking doing mojo shit in NXT. I'm going to be in this ladder match. And then, you know, of course, the next week, now you're out. All right, well, it's cool that I even got on the radar. Um, and then uh, Neville, Pac, he was supposed to be in the match. And he fucked up his ankle on Raw. And I was like, this is my fucking opportunity. I remember the next day, I went to Road Dog, who was the, the head of creative at the time. Or he was up there. I don't know the exact role. I said, listen, I just kind of pleaded my case and spilled my guts why I should be in that match. And I kind of just flanked out. And I, I don't remember what I said, but he told me that I said, I've never heard my music play at WrestleMania. And he said, that's the line that stuck with him. And that was true. I'd, ne I'd been in, you know, all those jabroni battle royals, the 12 man <laughs> team, Teddy versus team Johnny Tech, but I never heard my music play. And uh, he went to bat for me. And then sure enough, I, I got to be in that match. And just being in that match was a win for me just to have that WrestleMania entrance, just to finally see my name, like in a WrestleMania program that, I had a fucking match. It was cool. And then days before they're like, Oh yeah, you're going to, you're going to win. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, there's no fucking way. And this is maybe a Tuesday. We're going over the rehearsals and I'm like, Oh fuck. WrestleMania is on Sunday. This is definitely going to change. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, fuck. Way too many hours out. That's there's a miracle. No fucking way. Uh, but you know, it all went down and I ended up winning the intercontinental title. Fucking dream come true moment. My dad genuinely hopped the guardrail. Came in the ring. That's that's all real. He 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 fucking hopped the guardrail, slid in the ring. It's it's a moment that I will never ever forget. And it's funny because when I was getting that call, getting released from WWE, there's not many wrestling pictures I have in my house, but one is me and my dad at WrestleMania. And I was looking at that picture smiling when I was getting released. Like, you know what? It's fine. Everything's gonna be okay. Uh so like that moment was very, very special to me. Very cool. Now, Matt Hardy, your Matt fact this week, you mentioned that. You're trying to avoid that bread. Yes. It's just, it's, it's sin in the gut. It's bad for metabolism, harder to break up. I get it. I get it. But thankfully, our partners at Athletic Greens are helping you out, are they not? They are. 
you know, everyone knows I faithfully take my AG1s first thing every single day. And that has been hugely beneficial to my health, especially now that I'm in an advanced stage. Yes, your skill set is deteriorating, Matt Hardy, but that doesn't mean that your gut health has to as well. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It's a special, special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. We know the reality here. You go to a mall, you go to a strip mall, you even go online. There's tons of different kinds of multivitamins that you can take. But it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body is actually going to absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big time benefits. That's one thing you can do every single day for yourself to take great care of yourself. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. I know you're not even a big coffee guy yourself, man. Matt Hardy. So put that money to good use with AG1s, no? Exactly. I absolutely subscribe to what you're saying right there. And uh, I'm telling you, if you want to have a great day, start it off with AG1s. It works for me. It will work for you. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and how many free travel packs with your first purchase, Matt Hardy? Five, Cinco, five, Cinco, five free travel packs. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we thank Athletic Greens and AG1 for sponsoring the extreme life of Matt Hardy. Yes. That's awesome. And you won the Intercontinental Championship. That's the right. one title that has eluded Matt Hardy. Oh, sorry, Matt. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, Matt, that you were just talking about the way you changed your whole mentality. John and I, we were actually having this conversation yesterday at one point. I've just said, like, after I went through, you know, I, I did. How many years you were there? 16, you said, roughly? Fuck, I, I guess I was on TV 2007, got fired in, what, 2020? So what is that? So... 13-ish. Yes, yeah. What we call a Bob Holly run around these parts. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was like that. I had a, I had about 14 and you know in my first run, with the exception of being fired for six weeks or whatever. Yeah. You know, from like the end of 97, beginning of 98, uh, through 2011. And just like towards the very end, whenever like physically, I was just like my body was hurting and I was broke down. I was like mentally, mentally, emotionally, I was, I was broke pretty much across the board. And that's when, you know, I end up getting in a, in a real dark place. And once I got myself back together and I just, it just kind of changed everything. And I, I try and use any bad experiences that I had in life as learning experiences. And I was just like, well, I'm just going to approach things with a different mentality. And just whenever I came back to WWE at the WrestleMania 33 that we had mentioned earlier, like my whole mentality was to come back, be a model employee, do as good as I can possibly do. But once again, I am very aware, like, you know, I'm in control of very few things like those things that you mentioned. Right. Those are the things I can be in control of. I'm going to be a great employee. I'm trying to do as much as I can to be successful and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to carry it home with me. And it's right. so important to have that that positive mentality. And, and that doesn't just also help you in, a, in an environment like a WB environment, but it just it helps you in life in general, just to like, you know, stay optimistic in, in the day. So many people just 
if you end up feeling sorry for yourself, if you try and make excuses or complain at the end of the day, it only hurts you. I agree. That's why like any, all the, the highs and lows of my career, I'm grateful for all of them because it's made me who I am today. Anything that was negative, I, I will take the blame on myself. I don't want to hold anyone else accountable, just myself. That way, I, I don't want to live in bitterness. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to blame other people. I'll blame myself for my failures, my shortcomings, and I'll learn from them and, and hopefully get better and better. Yes. What is there left for you to accomplish in the industry? You have reinvented yourself successfully. You've put yourself on a lot of people's radars. Matt Hardy keeps going because now he gets a lot of fulfillment from giving back to the industry. Right. What is it for you that keeps you going? Listen, there's definitely uh, unfinished business in, in you know WWE. But like I said, I, I want to prove that you don't need a WWE or a W. First of all, Great, they're the number one and two, right? Or and you can decide for yourself which one's one and one and which one's two. That, that's the top, one hundred percent. There's no denying that. But I want to prove that there is life outside that if you bust your ass and make it happen. And I think I've been doing a great job of that. And I'll be lying if I said like I wasn't worried about 2023, 2022, my favorite year of all time, one hundred percent. But now what? You know, I already won the NWA title. You know, it's like what? Where do I go from here? And it's tough. And it's it's chasing that buzz, chasing that next big moment. Like we said earlier, chasing so the dragon. That's right, and you know the, the always ready. It, it might be a gimmick or a catchphrase, but it's it's how I live my life. I'm always ready for for any opportunity. So whatever that next opportunity is, big or small, I'm gonna try my best to fucking make a killing out of it and, and make it worthwhile. Yeah, you're you're only 38 though. You got at least two more runs with WWE. At least. 37, almost 38, <laughs> almost 38. Oh, 37. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Still 11 too. years younger than me. Damn it. Two more, two more runs. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. That's yeah. what I calculate. <laughs> That's about what you got going there, Matt Hardy. What do you most admire about what Matt Cardona has been able to accomplish? Uh, I mean, j just the fact that he is willing to step outside of WWE, which is a, a zone where you can be real comfortable. You, that I promise you, that check it's going to clear every single week. There's not going to be an <laughs> issue. Uh, it's going to be good. Your money is going to go in the bank. But he's not afraid to step out and and work for other people and and build a name for himself and get buzz created around himself on the outside, you know, which is, is, is one of those things. It's, it's scary to do because it's, there, there, there's no guaranteed money. Uh, there, there's no guaranteed push there. There's no guarantee. You're going to be working someone that is, is great in the ring or, or whatever. I mean, it, it's rolling the dice, but that's what you have to do in this industry to once again, reinvent yourself and, and, and to almost make a new generation of fans care about what you're doing and what you're investing into yourself. So that's just something I have the utmost respect for. And, it, and it's something I admire because it's something that, you know, I've never been afraid to do in the past either. I appreciate that. And I, I've definitely learned from you and, you know, definitely an inspiration to me, but like you said, Matt, like, you know, it's the unknown, this independent world, right? There are some weekends where I'm like, holy shit, that was fucking awesome. Having great matches where the fans are behind it one way or another. I'm fucking got fanny packs full of cash for my gimmick sales. I'm like, this is fucking great. Yeah. And there are some weekends where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Wrestling in front of 40 people. No one's going to fucking see the match or hear about it. You know, like you got to take the good with the bad, right? You know, like you, you got to love this business at the highs and the lows. Yeah. You know, just a couple weeks ago, I did an MCW uh, MCW show. And th those guys, that's Maryland Championship Wrestling. I'm sure you've probably been yep. through there in the past. Uh, Dan McDevitt, I've known him since like the mid-90s. They gave us opportunities like in 95, 96, uh, myself and Jeff, we would head up there in, in the late 90s and we'd work for MCW. And it was like we get a little bit of magazine coverage, which we liked a lot. It's just sure. crazy in that day and that day and age. Like there was no Internet. 
we were so upset. Like anytime we would read a wrestling magazine, they were talking about Devin Storm, you know, or you know, all the guys, you know, Ace Darling. Um, uh, uh, what is uh, what is the brother's name? Uh, Reckless Youth. He Reckless was in Youth, everything. Oh, yeah. Reckless Youth. So much buzz. So we got up there, and that was one of the first times that they actually did a story on the Hardys about going up to, to Maryland Championship Wrestling (MCW). So I'm there doing a match. This was a little over a week ago, and you know I came in. I did a signing before show. I did a convention the next day, and I did the match. And he put me in an eight man tag, and we were sitting there, and we we're talking about what to do for the finish. And uh, I said, I don't know. I said, what if we did this? And I go in, somebody makes a save. You guys all come in to break it up. I said, what if we put all four hills in the corners and we do 10 punches? And then uh, I'll come out and I'll twist. As a matter of fact, instead of me twisting and getting the win, why don't we all do twist the face? And yeah. we did it. We, we did a, a four-way 10 punch in the corner. The crowd, <laughs> everybody in the building, there were about 1,000 people there. It was sold out. Uh, counting one, two, three, and the big pop for the four-way twist the face. And that that's like the most fun wrestling can be at its core when you go to like an indie show where those fans just want to have a good time. They want to have fun where if, if that happened on WB programming or an AEW program, this is just so cheesy. How would everyone being in the corner, they would be able to give them 10 bunches all the time. And then they're going to do four twists of fates. One, at least one person would have countered that, you know, these people are just so critical and so out of control. Just the most fun is being at an independent show where you see wrestling in its purest form. And that's one of the things I say, that's one of my like go-to speeches. Like I do, I appreciate all those fans that come out and support independent wrestling because they are building the next crop and generation of guys that are going to carry the AEWs and going to carry the WWEs. And and that's still one of my most enjoyable things about wrestling. Wrestling at a show where they just like genuinely like to be entertained. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. Like, you you got to find that indie that indie promotion or wherever you are and, and know the audience, read the audience, and give them yeah. what they want to see, not what you want to do, what they want to see, what they paid for. Mm-hmm. Matt Cardona, this has been awesome. I've got one last question for you because it's been one that uh, we've talked about in person with this individual and we've heard some chatter on social media about it. Uh, there's one person who uh, you've got a target on your back for, and that's our pal, first name Sham, last name Pain. He, he's, he's having a revival right now in independent wrestling, Omega legend Marty Gardner, and he wants Matt Cardona. What's it going to take to make this match happen? Well, listen, book Matt Cardona at gmail.com. I will go anywhere, but you got to pay my full rate. I'm not going to announce what it is here. No, no brother deals, okay? And that means I keep the gimmicks. Don't try to be like, oh, does that include gimmicks? No, I keep all the gimmicks. Uh, flight, <laughs> hotel. I don't even need first class. I'll kick his ass. And I know he went to GCW when I wasn't there. He Listen, my schedule is posted where he knew I wasn't going to be in Charlotte for GCW. He knew it. And of course, he tries to get booked there, but I will pedigree him worse than Triple H did. That's what I'll do. You know? <laughs> I can't wait. This is going to be a dream match. Uh, I hope it's dream. I'll, I'll, I'll pay forty nine ninety five for it. I think you should be refing this match, man. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, I might. I might. I might, I might be the ref. Yeah, oh I'm, I'm down for it. First name Sham, last name Payne. Wants Matt Carr doing a bad, but uh, we'll have to see. <laughs> Maybe we could get a little fundraiser going here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Oh my God! To pay that Matt Cardona booking, yeah, yeah, we'll do pad a the lope, maybe uh, pad uh, the lope, and I'll be there. My gut says Matt Hardy. It's not a wee fee, <laughs> <laughs> not one bit. Matt Cardona, this has been awesome, man. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Plug out there again, co-host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast uh, with Brian Myers. Anything else you'd like to throw out there? No. You guys can find me on the internet. I just want to say thanks a lot for you guys uh, for having me on this thing. Matt, been an inspiration to me for years, continue to be. And uh, I'm glad you guys are having success with this podcast. I, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to be a fan and to be on the show. So thanks, guys. Thank you. I, I also want to say to you, Matt, like uh, 
keep doing what you're doing, man. You're killing it. And it's inspiring to me too. And it, it, it motivates me to keep you going and, and doing my things when I see other people that are out there just killing it and busting their ass. So keep that up. And one last thing I did want to run by you real quick. I, I know you're, you're married now. You're officially a uh, Mr. And Mrs. Uh, I, I was just curious. Uh, you guys uh, think about having any kids? You can have a, a family down the, down the line. Oh boy. Uh, so if it happens, it happens. There are no plans. Re always ready. Right. Uh, <laughs> I know she's back in WWE now. So it's probably going to be, uh, a, a little more longer, but yeah, listen, of course I, I'm a big kid. I would love to have, uh, some little kids run around, but they're going to have to have their own separate toy room. They can't come into mine. You know, mine are collectibles. They're on display. They can't mess with that shit. Oh my God, bro. Uh, I'll tell you this, this is, this will pop you very big. So my kids, Wolfie, who is my, uh, second oldest boy, he's five now. And he's a wild man. He's got a hell of a personality. He's extremely charismatic too. Great personality. So he would see, if he'd ever go to local signings with me, he would see people give me action figures and I would sign them, right? You know, oh, blah, 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 here, hand it back to the person, sign them, whatever. So I knew I, I signed them. Whenever we returned to, to WWE and whenever that WrestleMania 33 uh, action figure set came out of the Hardys, yeah, you yeah. know, with the gear that we wore there, whatever, it was a, a real hot seller. It's one of my favorite action figures. You know, that was just such an iconic moment, so to say. Uh, they sent us a box of those. And there was one point, actually sent us a couple of boxes, but there was one point where Woofy went into the room where we had the extras, not like my big uh, setup downstairs right, right. In, in our arcade, but where like the extras were kept in our storage room. And he went in there and the box was open. He said, oh my God, he said, I'm going to make that out real happy. I'm going to sign these. And he took a oh, marker no. and like wrote all over like four or five of the figures. Holy. <laughs> Which is so amazing. Which it's just like, I was like, oh, son, I mean, that was very sweet, but you know, he, <laughs> I, I said, but I don't really have to discipline you because I know my crazy ass Bariqua will. And then yeah. obviously Rebby laid into him. Like, you, the mother, you piece of shit. These things are worse than my brain. You've ruined them. They're destroyed now. You know, oh she, my God. she got the promo on and does it. But yeah, the, he, he went through, I, I want to say there were maybe six in a pack. He took five of them and like scribbled and like tried to write his name and just whatever. And he said, look at that. Like I'll have it. <laughs> hey, I love it. Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona versus Rebby Hardy and Matt Hardy might be a match down the line someday. Oh too, boy, so. you never know. Oh, never that sounds never. like a WrestleCade contest one. Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely a WrestleCade. <laughs> crazy versus crazy. I love it. I love after, it. You, after you and Chelsea get canned again from WWE, once you go back, <laughs> we're doing WrestleCade. <laughs> It's about time for me oh. to get candid <laughs> at the, oh, the AW. You know, we'll do it at the Russell Cade, brother. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. He is Matt Cardona. Thanks so much for hopping on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy with us. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. What a great conversation that was, Matt Hardy. What did you take away from it? Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, just It felt like three old friends just chatting it up, which uh, th those are my favorite types of podcasts when when we, uh, we have interviews where it just feels like old buddies just like shooting the shit on the back deck. I never did get an apology for him accusing me of stealing his dog tags at the wrestling showcase, but that's okay. Oh, well, he's going to hold that over your head. You I, guys, got, you guys got a big angle. Probably after the fourth time he leaves WWE, you guys will probably be able to catch one. At, you know, like a WrestleCade or WrestleCade. head off at WrestleCade, right? Yeah. yeah. No, just yeah. I think that's kind of my gimmick where people hold something over my head in wrestling, even though it didn't actually happen. That's just kind of my my way of life that I try to venture through. So that's yeah. okay. and such is life. That's fun. Uh, but Matt was great. I thought he had so much to add, and I'm very excited to see what comes next for him. Chelsea Green. We didn't talk nearly enough about Chelsea, but she's really crushing it right now with her yeah. character in yeah. WWE, and she's so entertaining. Um, I also I, I heavily enjoyed the stuff that she did with Matt on the Indies too. I thought she was a great, uh, you know, a, a great manager slash personality to really help boost his character as well. 
Yeah, and a great wrestler in her own right. So good stuff for her. Good stuff for Matt. We really appreciate him coming on uh, this this podcast here. I love when we get a chance to talk to other people in the industry, even if you don't have a ton of ties to them, because I know you're inherently so curious about you know people's paths and their careers and how they contribute to wrestling. It, it was it was a good one. I know we'll have more in the future, but next week, Matt Hardy, next week's gonna be a real good one. Because we are talking about a man that is very, very near and dear to you. And when I call for Ask Matt questions next week, I'm going to say these questions, they're everywhere. Because we are talking about the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion, Mr. Booker T on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. What can we look forward to with that one, Matt? Booker T, he's going to be the topic of our uh, show next week. It couldn't have happened to a better guy. There's so many great quotable Booker T lines that I have. And you're right, man. Like when uh, it comes to fans of Booker T, they're everywhere. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Booker. Uh, uh, did he really just say that, sucker? Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Booker is one of the most entertaining human beings I've ever met in my life. I cannot wait to get into the conversation about Booker T. And if you enjoyed this podcast with Matt Cardona, make sure you leave that five single, five single, five star review because it helps our podcast out so significantly. And you can go over to adfreeshows.com and subscribe there as well. You got a busy week, my friend. I know you got to go get over to Dynamite tonight. It's going to be a great episode. There's a lot of great stuff happening there. Is there anything else you'd like to add this week on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy? Uh, this was uh, a really, really fun pod. And thank you guys for tuning in as you do each and every week. We are continually growing and and we wouldn't be doing that without each and every one of you. So thank you so much. And everybody who, uh, who, who watches our podcast, everyone who sends me a review via tweet or even a comment on YouTube, I do my best to read them all. And I've got to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, uh, and we really appreciate it. And please, please stick with us and keep supporting us. It's only up from here. The words have been spoken. We will see you next week right here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hart. All right, by now, guys, you know, I love talking about old wrestling. What you might not know is it's not my real passion. My real passion is helping people save money. My real passion is getting families out of apartments and into houses. My real passion is getting people's finances aligned so they can retire on time. I hated going to Walmart and seeing the greeter being 80 years old. She should not be working. She should be home. Why is she still working? Because she still has a mortgage. I want to help avoid that for you. The other thing I want to help you with, let's make sure your kids don't get saddled with student loans. If you've got a student loan, why did you get one? Maybe because your parents still had a mortgage. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm being sincere. There's only so much money to go around. What I want to help you do is figure out where you are right now and where you want to be long-term. And I do it at SaveWithConrad.com. I've been doing mortgages for more than 20 years. And during all that time, we've helped tens of thousands of families change their life. 
I mean, routinely, we're helping our podcast listeners save five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks a month, but more importantly, get them out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. But if you don't think it can happen for you, let me just tell you this. We are not the bank. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. We're going to get you a game plan on how to improve your credit, how to save a little bit of cash and how to get into that dream house. Maybe you're already in the house, but it would be nice if someday we could put a pool in the back or one day we want to upgrade to hardwood floors or remodel the kitchen or get a badass master bathroom. I can help you do all of that with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. Check it out. SaveWithConrad.com, NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And hey, y'all, don't take my word for it. Check us out. We've got an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. And as if that's not enough, go look at our reviews. Read them and weep, haters. ConradReviews.com. You'll see more than a thousand five-star reviews. Our average review is 4.72 stars. Find out how much money you can save. Take control of your life in 2023 by taking control of your finances. We're going to show you how to keep more of your own money. If you've got credit card debt, what are you paying on that? 14%, 28%, you know you can do better. With the mortgage though, you may not know this, the interest you pay is tax deductible. And we can even show you how to skip your next two house payments. So if you can get a lower monthly payment, pay your debt off faster, get a greater tax deduction at the end of the year. And right now, right after the holidays, skip your next two payments. Buddy, this is the biggest no brainer in the history of the world. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Or hey man, shoot me an email directly. Conrad at savewithconrad.com.